your positive, positive, positive imprint. Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Hello, everybody. This is Catherine with Your Positive Imprint. <laughs> I meet so many people from around the world, and I love to bring you these stories and their positive imprints. And today, I am bringing to you a very interesting person from a very interesting culture. And my <laughs> featured guest is Ugochi and Oniewu. There you go. Oh, hey. <laughs> Hello, Gochi. Hi, Catherine. It's so nice to talk to you today. Oh, it's fabulous to see your face. And, <laughs> and we met at the women's group, the little women's networking group out in Florida at Podcast Movement. We did. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was a really great conference. And I, yeah, like you said, met some wonderful people, yourself included. So I'm super excited to be on the show. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, absolutely. You have such this wonderful, interesting past with filled <laughs> with positive imprints from from your past, your present and moving forward with the future here. And it all has to do with your culture which is, and I, 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 I would just say the Igbo. Yeah, Igbo. Okay. Yes. All right, yeah. Igbo, which is out in Nigeria. And so before we get started on anything, I just want to hear about yourself. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's interesting and it's funny. I always laugh when, when I ask this question. Um, people say, well, how do you want the long answer or the short? So you can just cut me off when you're ready. <laughs> So it's interesting because um, I've kind of jumped around a little bit, which is great. I was born in London uh, and I moved back to Nigeria as a baby. Um, so I grew up, I spent my childhood, or at least my, yeah, my, my formative years in Nigeria. Um, we grew up in Lagos, which is the, which was at the time the commercial capital of Nigeria. And then we moved to the East, which is where I'm from. So Igbo is an Eastern tribe. It's a tribe in Eastern Nigeria. We moved to the East where I went to an all girls boarding school oh. in the Eastern part of Nigeria, which I could tell you lots of stories. It was fabulous. I, I learned a lot there. And then after high school, I moved back to the UK, back to London, where I went to college and went to grad school. And then in the year 2000, I moved over to the US with work. So I've kind of been on three different continents in my life, which is amazing. Of course, my heritage is Igbo, which is, a, which is a, like I said, an Eastern Nigerian tribe. Um, it's where I'm from. It's where my, pet, my father was from. So uh, that's near and dear to my heart. <laughs> well, and you spent quite a bit of time with the Igbo tribe. And do we call it Igbo tribe or Igbo culture? What is the proper terminology? Yeah, so you you know, however, it's the Igbo, Igbo culture, I would say it is a tribe in Nigeria. Yeah, but with Igbo people with yeah, with Igbo language, I've spent a lot of time I speak the language fluently, um, spent a lot of time with the people and really sort of got to to absorb the culture. One thing about um, Nigerian culture is that Nigerians as a country, not just the Igbo tribe, is wherever we go, we kind of take the culture with us, if that makes sense. So even though I don't live in Nigeria, I'm still very much embedded in the culture and the language as well. So in Nigeria, do you know how many tribes there are? 
Mm-hmm. So in Nigeria, there are three main tribes. In the north, we have the Hausa, H-A-U-S-A, the Hausa tribe. And in the south, we have two tribes. On the west, we have the Yoruba tribe. And then on the east, we have the Igbo tribe, which is obviously where I'm from. Those are the three main tribes. However, and I couldn't tell you how many different, like smaller tribes there are. So if you ask any Nigerian, how many tribes are there in Nigeria, they would say there are three main tribes, but there are several, like there are hundreds of languages actually in Nigeria, um, but there are three main tribes. I couldn't tell you wow. how many tribes there are, but there are three main ones. If that okay. makes sense. A- of yeah. course it does. And when you were growing up, what what was life like? You were you how, well. First, how old were you when you went to the boarding school? I was eleven. And did they practice different culture? Yeah. So it's interesting. The school that I went to was a federal school, federal government school. And the reason for that, the reason why it was a federal school, is the government wanted a way. The Nigerian government wanted a way for people from different tribes to interact with each other, to promote more of a united Nigeria, if that makes sense. I love that. (laughs) Yes. So my school, even though it was in the East, so of course, most of the girls were from the East. There were still a lot of girls that were from other tribes, from the Hausa tribe, Yoruba tribe, the, the Delta, the middle of Nigeria. And so as a result, and I, I don't know if you're aware, Nigeria is actually a, col- a British colony. But as a result, it, we weren't allowed to speak any other language than English. So we all spoke English, even though we all sort of knew our own languages from, from where we were from. Because it was meant to be one Nigeria, we all spoke English. But however, of course, we did celebrate our culture. So we'd have lots of different events where we'd get a chance to dress in our native attire. So girls from different tribes would dress in their sort of cultural attire and we'd celebrate. We did have a chance to learn different types of foods uh, from the different parts of Nigeria as well. So even though it was a standard one language, everybody speaks English, We still had a chance to celebrate not just Igbo culture, but the cultures, the different cultures within Nigeria. So it was a great experience. It sounds like it was. They were able to bring in culture and customs into your education, which is phenomenal because you don't want to lose it. Yeah, the last thing any culture wants is to be lost in history. Absolutely. Absolutely. And but it, it is interesting because I did learn to speak Igbo before I went to boarding school. So I didn't learn Igbo in boarding school because, like I said, we spoke English, but I did learn to speak it before I went and it never sort of went away, if that makes sense. So, Are there particular other types of customs that you celebrate within your culture during the year, like a certain dance day or cultural dress is that how nigeria is do you dress in modern wear or is it your custom traditional dress well it's both so of course we have and it's interesting you talk about the dress but you also talk about events right so if you um if you looked for um say you went to a wedding in nigeria you would see a lot of people just sort of wearing the traditional dress, which would be, and I don't, it's very colorful. There's the headgear. It's really bright, really shiny, really opulent. I mean, I love it. It's it's a lot of lace, different colors. It's just really, really fabulous. Uh, It's hard to kind of explain. You'd have to see a picture to understand. And I'll give you some resources at the end where you can kind of go and look it up if you wanted to, you know, put it up on your website. But but yes, we do dress up a lot. 
Uh, we, we would wear Western attire, say, for work or whatever, but usually for weddings, traditional weddings, parties, birthday parties, we would wear traditional dress and it, it would be really a really sort of opulent um, affair. Does that answer the question? Yes. And is your traditional dress, is it sustainable? Like, do you use what is available, what the resources are there within your country? Uh, you're shaking your head. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So both, I, you know, to be, to be fair. So, so both sometimes, a lot of the times it's, it's locally sourced, locally made. We do, um, have a lot of uh, tailors in Nigeria. That's that's one way we kind of dress up. So we'll buy the the fabric in the market, and then we'd take it to a tailor and we'd give them a design, and they they'd make it. So um, in that sense, yes, it's never it's usually not bought off the shelf. It's usually sort of you buy the fabric, which is you know locally available, and then you take it to a tailor, and they would sew it. So. I would say yes, for the most part. Of course, sometimes the fabrics would, would maybe be made in other parts of Africa or because we do share similar aesthetics with, with our fashion. But a lot of times it would be locally sourced as well. So, yeah. Okay. So let's go to your Igbo tribe, your, your culture, your, your language, and your entire positive imprint of what is making you today. You are wanting to be sure that your culture doesn't end up as a piece of history, but that it thrives and it lives as a culture living today in the present and ready for the future as a culture. So talk about what you are doing to do this. But, but before you do, I, I'm reminded by something you said. What prompted you, and then you can talk about this, was the United Nations and a paper that you read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's really interesting. In um, I read a paper that was published by the United Nations UNESCO, is the organization that's part of the United Nations that that has a list of endangered languages in the world. And in that paper, I think it was written in 2006, Igbo, which is the, you know, where I'm from, was one of the languages that was listed. And, and, and it was said at the time that by 2050, 2050, the language would actually be extinct. Oh my uh, gosh. I know there has been a lot of debate as to how factual that really is and what the basis of that was. Nevertheless, I did see some kind of um, trends that would, would, would perhaps support it. It may not be extinct by 2050, but I did notice that, for example, a lot of Igbo parents were not teaching their children the language, right? A lot of uh, Nigerians, Igbos in the outside of Nigeria, in the United States, in the UK, all over the world, basically. And a lot of those kids did not, do not know how to speak the language. And even in Nigeria, because Lagos, like I said earlier, is the commercial capital. And remember, different languages are spoken all over Nigeria. And because it's a colony, English is the most, is a language that everybody learns, if that makes sense. So even Igbos that lived outside of eastern Nigeria, that maybe lived in Lagos or the north or somewhere else, they, they defaulted to English. So their children weren't le- learning the language. So, of course, it made sense that if the next generation isn't learning the, ne- the language, how are they going to pass it on to their children? And there it was also this sense of, and, and this is just me sort of anecdotal, it wasn't written in the paper, but there is also this sense of, I wouldn't say embarrassment or shame, but maybe not 
um, not so much a sense of pride in celebrating the culture. You talked oh, about the dress. Yes, yes. You talked about the language. You talked about even the music, the food. Kids would sort of grow up not really wanting to eat the traditional foods, even though you could get them in the United States or wherever you are and make them. Of course, they'd prefer to eat a pizza or a burger <laughs> instead because that's what they're used to because right. it just wasn't... <laughs> And so all of that, you know, reading that paper sort of started to, to, you know, just bother me, really, quite frankly. And I'm, I kept thinking to myself, well, what can I do? You know, I speak the language pretty well, but I will say that because, of course, I live in the U.S., I don't get as much of a chance to practice as I would like to, right? I can, of course, switch back. And if I, you know, we do tend to visit Nigeria quite often and I could speak with people there and, and you know, but on a day-to-day -day basis, there aren't that many people around me that speak the language. And I thought, well, what can we do to kind of promote this sense of pride? It's not something to be ashamed of. We are all who we are. And we're all made in the image of God. And we're just all great. We should celebrate where it is that we're from. So I thought to myself, well, maybe I'll start a podcast. And what will I do on the podcast? I'll just interview different people. And so, so you know, stop me. Feel free to stop me. I'm kind of because I start to get really passionate about this. But I thought but your well, passion is good. Than... That's what what makes a positive <laughs> imprint inspiring for others. Yes. So rather than just sort of talk about, um, you know, bring people on and just sort of say, woe is us. The language is dying. And what <laughs> do you do? I wanted to have a kind of forum where we could celebrate the culture, but also give the listeners something that they could take away, right? So of course, it's open to everyone, regardless, you don't have to be Igbo, you don't even have to speak the language to, to enjoy the podcast, because it's kind of a combination, it's, it has two, two main purposes, of course, the first one primarily is to celebrate the culture, celebrate who we are. The second is to really teach younger people, the younger generation, it's all about leaving some kind of legacy, not just about the culture and the, and the traditions, which is, which is the primary objective, but also my forum is just like yours, where I bring people on from, from different walks of life who happen to be of Igbo heritage. They may live in Nigeria, they may not. I've interviewed people all over the world, in the US, in the UK, in Nigeria, all over, doing different things. So I've spoken to a lot of doctors, lawyers, but also I spoke to someone who worked in the Obama White House. I spoke to someone who's an actress. I've spoken to someone who, who was on the Forbes under 30 list. So just a wide variety of people because, and of course, regular people, everyone isn't a doctor or an actress, you know what I mean? But, right, but, right. but the, the purpose of it is to really tell younger people that, look, there are people like you out there. It's something to celebrate. That's the first thing. And also, I always ask all my guests, in some way, shape or form, what do you wish you'd known when you were 20? Or if, if someone who was younger than you were to ask you for advice, what would you tell them? Or if someone who wanted to be what it is you are today, uh, what advice would you give them? Because it passes on that to the next generation and gives them hope that I too can be something, right? Whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a label, but whatever you want to do, you can do it and do it well because there are people who look like you who are doing it as well. So we celebrate the language, we talk about, and I always start the interviews by asking my guests what part of Igbo land they're from because Nigeria is actually a really big, even within the Igbo tribe, because it's a, one of the three main tribes, 
there are lots of different dialects within the Igbo language, right? So one person could be speaking their dialect of Igbo and another person could be speaking their dialect of Igbo. And it would be like they're speaking two different languages. It's almost like speaking Danish and Norwegian. It's it's yes. kind of interesting. You could still understand each other, but it's like two different languages. So I always start off by asking my guests, well, what part of Igbo land are you from? So what dialect do you speak? What you know, and then I ask them things like, What what sticks out in your memory as a favorite event, right? Whether it's a wedding or whether it's Christmas in the village. You know, and it just starts off that way before we kind of talk through where it is they are today. The other thing I will point out is that I've started my podcast primarily talking to women because that's another area that I'm passionate about. And I, I have found that um, women don't have there are a lot of successful Nigerians and a lot of su successful Igbo men. But I wanted to give the women a voice as well. Right. So um I'm not saying that it will always be women, but that's kind of where I started. And I've, I'm, and I haven't run out of fabulous women to talk to. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's that in a nutshell. Are you finding that doing the podcast is revitalizing the Evo language and, and culture in some manner? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I have people saying, oh, my goodness, I need to, you know, I have people come on the on the show that don't necessarily speak the language. They are of Igbo heritage. And they're like, you know what, I'm really going to start to learn. Right. And uh, even people who listen are like, OK, I've got to I've got to get my kids. And I, I always sort of say, well, there are resources out there. There are apps, there are books, there are things you can listen to to start learning you don't have to be fluent, but everyone has everyone that I've spoken to and everyone that listens to my show ha really has a sense of excitement to really start to celebrate the culture and start to learn the language or get better at the language. So absolutely. And it's interesting that you say that also, because in the year that I've been doing this podcast, it's coming up to a year now, there's been a proliferation of different on Instagram, there's so many pages now about Igbo culture and Igbo language. Um, they're different. There's another podcast, and I actually had a podcast guest on who has her own Igbo podcast, but hers is just learning the language. And we kind of, I invited her on the show, and we had a really great conversation. But it just warms my heart that it, I'm not alone in this journey of just celebrating culture. There's so many other people who are rallying around and saying, look, let's let's celebrate where we're from and who we are. So it, it's it's amazing. Have you reached out at all to uh, people within the United Nations or within your own government to have a chat regarding the 2050 date that was written in this paper? I have not, but that's a great suggestion. You know, I think I think when I started, and I like I said earlier, when I started, I, I had this sense of, oh my gosh, a sense of panic that, you know, by 2050, the language would be extinct. I don't have that anymore, right? That's so good. maybe the, yeah, I, I really, I'm, I'm not saying that it's not still an endangered language or that people shouldn't be learning it at a rate faster than they are now. But I do know that I'm not the only one that has sort of been made aware of this article and I'm not the only one that's doing something about it. So I think there are a lot of people working to refute it, right? Whether it's factual or not, I'm just happy that people are sort of, you know, taking taking on this responsibility to uh, make sure that it doesn't happen. So 
And I commend you for doing what you're doing and trying to really make that difference because this is a global difference mm -hmm. that you're making. There are Igbo people all over the world mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. some of them have no idea that their language is endangered, is threat, mm -hmm. being threatened. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing is phenomenal. And then I, I understand that besides the podcast, you are working on a book. I am. So I told you that I, I love the whole the whole um, working and sort of catering to women. Uh, so it, it's separate from Igbo culture, even though I do reference it a lot in the book. And I do talk about the podcast and what it is we're trying to do. But this is a book that caters to mothers. Um, well, of course, anyone can read it. I, I, I don't mean for it to be exclusive, but it is because I am a mother of three. And I know what the challenges were kind of raising kids and, and sort of trying to live a life of purpose and fulfill your dreams, which is part of being a mother, but it's not the only thing, right? Being a mother is not the only thing that I am. I am more than just a mother, right? So it's kind of a book that just, it, it, it's just an encouraging book for women out there who are at different stages of life. And I reached out to different women. Some women have grown kids who've left home. Some women just have babies, infants. Some women are somewhere in between. And I asked them what it is, what, what would you want someone to talk about or tell you as a mother, right? And it, the different answers ranged from, is it too late now that I've spent my, my whole life raising my kids? Is it too late for me to do anything for me? Or for, for the younger mothers, it's like, how do I find myself? How do I not lose myself in the everydayness of life of raising kids? And I just think it's it's an important message because it tells mothers that you have a great you have a great role and a great job, but it's not the only job. Don't just lose yourself and just say I'm a mom and that's it. So uh, it, it's not out yet. Hopefully by the end of the year it'll be launched. But I'm really excited to to get it out there. So thanks. Please for keep in touch and send me an update so I can do an update here on the podcast. I will. <laughs> so what brought you or what what brought you to United States after leaving Nigeria? So I left Nigeria at 17. I went to college in the UK. Like I mentioned, I was born in the UK and I went back after after high school, after secondary school. Um, so I went to the UK for, for undergrad and for grad school and then moved to the US in 2000. So I've been in the US for 19 years. Moved here with work, actually. But it's interesting. I tell you a really quick story. I, I mean, I'm married now, so my husband's based here. But <laughs> the way that we met, it's really interesting. I, I, I think I mentioned that Nigerians tend to take the culture wherever they go, wherever in the world they are. So it's interesting. Even though I was born in the UK, my best friend from school was born in the US. Um, so we went to the same boarding school in Nigeria. And after boarding oh school, my gosh. <laughs> came back to the US and I went back to the UK. So I come over one summer to visit her. And of course, I meet her brother, who is now my husband. So that's how yeah. we <laughs> Wow, what a connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I've been in the US for 19 years. Um, love it, of course. And I, I, I just love the perspective of having lived on three different continents, right? It just gives you that global perspective it just it just makes you more um more proud to be who you are if that makes sense you carry yourself wherever you go and yeah it's just been a great journey so well your journey is filled with the positive imprints and you are working so hard at keeping a culture a cultural language <laughs> intact which is remarkable 
absolutely remarkable. In your podcast, I have listened to some of the episodes, and they're they're everyday people, mm-hmm. and telling their story. They just happen to have a culture behind them, and not all of them. Some of them, like you say, you know, some of them are not Igbo. Right. Right. And right. but it, it's very interesting, and I'm glad that you have taken this initiative. To become and to be innovative with regard to it. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yes, and to end, you know, what are there? Is there anything that you want me to ask that I haven't asked you? No, not at all. I think it's just great. I'm just really excited to have a chance to talk a little bit about the culture and the, you know, the um, the history and the language. Um, and yeah, I'll keep doing what I my little bit in my little corner to make sure that we continue to celebrate and uh, make sure that the younger generation have the sense of pride as well and don't lose that sense of pride or that that reason to carry on the culture. So thanks for having me on today. Yes. And are there any last very inspiring words that you'd like to share? I always remember this quote that I'd seen. I think it was St. Francis of Assisi or something that says, (laughs) (laughs) it says, be who you are and be that well to bring honor to the master craftsman whose you are or something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but I always remember, especially the first part, which is be who you are and be that well, right? There's only one of us one of everyone on earth. So let's just embrace who we are wherever we find ourselves or, um, and just be proud of it and just celebrate it. So I don't know if that, <laughs> that, that sticks with me. Oh, thank you so much for that inspiration. Yes, it, you're, you're, you're awesome. So <laughs> Ugochi, how do you say thank you for listening to your positive imprint in Igbo? This evening, the positive imprint by Catherine Praisewater. Naluno. And now, what's your PI? My PI is to do my little bit to make sure that when I'm gone, the people behind me can find the space that I've left just a little bit better than when I arrived. Thank you so much, Ugochi and Onyewu. <laughs> well done. I know it's tricky. Thanks, Catherine. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Learn more about Ugochi's Keeping Ebo Culture Alive initiative from her website, theebo.com. Ebo is spelled I-G-B-O. Thanks for listening to Your Positive Imprint, the variety show that features worldwide conversations with people whose positive actions are inspiring positive achievements. Music by Chris Knoll, chrisknoll.com. I appreciate all of you listening and supporting my variety show podcast. Sign up for those podcast updates from my website, yourpositiveimprint.com, where you can listen to episodes or listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast platform. Next week's guest is a nature documentary filmmaker director. My nephew is here again with me, and here are words from him. So who is a positive imprint on you? Who inspires you? Daddy, mommy, grandma, daddy, and Uncle Mike, and Aunt Catherine, <laughs> and, and Uncle Jim. Me. <laughs>
You, yes, you are a positive imprint. You are listening to your positive imprint. Your P.I. What's your P.I.? <laughs> What's your P.I.?